0: This is the One Verse Podcast, where we liberate scripture from religion, one verse at a time. Welcome to the One Verse Podcast. I'm your teacher, Jeremy Myers, and yes, we're back. (laughs) I took the month of January off, first month of the year, was good for me. It was extremely hectic and stressful at my day job. Uh, but we're back, and I am excited to do some more teaching. Hope you are excited to do some more learning. Beginning with this episode, we're starting with the study of the book of Jonah. Uh, if you think you know the story of Jonah, and you're like, oh, not again. Listen, stick around. Pretty much as we did with Genesis, I pretty much predict, guarantee that there will be things you learn from the book of Jonah that you never knew before. I also have some pretty exciting news. I'm hoping to put a new book out within two months, by the end of March. Uh, It's titled, Nothing But the Blood of Jesus. And in it, I'm going to show you how the blood of Jesus actually saves us from our sins. You ever thought about that? How is it that the blood of Jesus saves us from our sins, does anything about our sins, you know? Well, we're going to talk about that. I'm going to try to explain that in the book. And uh, I cannot wait to get it out. been thinking about it, writing about it for quite some time. And uh, when it goes out, I am also going to be publishing a new online course in the discipleship area of my website. Uh, the, the book, Nothing But the Blood of Jesus, is actually pulled from some of the content in the course. Not all of it, uh, just some of it. Uh, but anyway, so for the you know full experience, the book and the course, uh, you will want to be part of the discipleship online group, uh, either the hope or love discipleship level. You will uh, that will allow you to take the course for free when it comes out. To learn more, just go to redeeminggod.com/register. You can see all the benefits of uh, being part of the discipleship group, and also sign up there. And then, of course, when you do that, you will get notified when my new book comes out here in about two months. Sounds good. All right. See you there. Hang around. And uh, we'll pick up here in just a minute with our study of Jonah. So once upon a time... In a forest not too far away, a rabbit was boasting to some other animals about his great speed. I could beat any animal in a race, he said. I'll race you, (laughs) the tortoise quietly offered. The rabbit laughed. That's a good joke, he said. I would dance around you all the way to the finish line. Keep your boasting till you've won, said the tortoise. Shall we race? Now, I'm not going to finish that story because you already know how it ends, right? You've likely heard the story, the tortoise and the hare, dozens of times before. And probably from uh, that very first sentence, or maybe the second one, you knew where the story was headed and how it would end, right? Now, when it comes to the story of Jonah lots of people feel exactly the same way. Uh, the biblical story of Jonah is very well known. Uh, it's probably one of the first Bible stories taught to children in Sunday school, right? Along with maybe creation, Noah's Ark, and some stories about Jesus, right? Uh, Jonah and the whale is, or big fish, whatever you call it, it's probably one of the, the first five or 10 stories that people learn. And we hear it over and over and over, as we continue to attend church, listen to sermons, and so on. Those who have been in church for longer periods of time have probably heard numerous sermons on the story of Jonah. And because of that, the story has sort of become commonplace, right? You attend a conference or a Bible study or hear a sermon, and the pastor, preacher, teacher says, okay, everybody open their Bibles to the book of Jonah, if you're sort of like most people, you sort of have an inward groan, right? Oh, <sighs> not again. <laughs> I've heard this story a hundred times before. You know, I'd so, I'm so sick of this story. I'm ready to puke. Just like the whale puked up Jonah. <laughs> and then, you know, for the rest of the message, your mind wanders elsewhere, thinks about sports and your shopping list and, and your to-do list at work, and that sort of a thing, uh, the business meeting and, uh, you know, The way it is with the story of Jonah, it's true of the old proverb, Familiarity breeds contempt. Yet I am convinced that this doesn't necessarily need to be the case. Uh, I'm convinced that most people truly have almost no idea what the story of Jonah is all about. Uh, I, I think it is one of the most misunderstood books in the entire Bible, even though it is one of the most well-known books in the Bible. Most most often, sort of here's how it goes. Most often, when pastors and teachers set out to explain the story of Jonah, right, the, the, the general approach is that it is about world missions. You know, here, here's the basic outline of their message. God wanted to reach the people of Nineveh, the pastor says. And so God sent Jonah to preach to them, but Jonah didn't want to. So he went a different way, the opposite way. But finally, through a storm and the fish and all of that, Jonah ends up going to Nineveh and he preaches to them. And the city experienced a great revival. And God didn't destroy the people of Nineveh after all. And then, you know, here's the application that often then goes along with that sermon. So God also wants to reach the people of, you know, fill in the blank, Zimbabwe, (laughs) uh, South America, whatever some other nation, and he wants you to go. So, are you going to be reluctant like Jonah? Or are you going to let God use you to bring revival to that foreign country? Now, usually, that's how Jonah, the story of Jonah, is taught. Have you heard sermons like that? I have. So not surprisingly with with this as the message the book of Jonah usually ends up getting preached at missions conferences and you know when we're trying to get people to sign up for a short-term missions trip or something like that. So uh, that's one popular way of of teaching the book of Jonah. Another popular way of teaching the book of Jonah is sort of a litmus test for whether or not you are a true Christian, right? Uh, there's all sorts of weird events. I mean, Jonah getting swallowed by a great big fish and then getting spit up and then this whole thing about Nineveh and the plant and the worm, right? And and so there's some Bible scholars and Bible critics out there who just scoff at the events that are recorded in the book of Jonah and and they say, oh, none of this stuff could have happened. Therefore, you know, errors in the Bible. This is all mythical. It's made up. It's fiction, right? And so, so other Christians or Bible scholars, you get upset at that, and you know people who defend inerrancy and inspiration, that sort of thing. And so they say, no, no, it, it's true, it's historically true. And then they go to these great links to explain how this great fish could have swallowed this person, and the person could have survived in the belly of this fish for three days, and then how they would have gotten spit up and and and, and gone, and how they would have preached around this great city of Nineveh. Right. And how this plant could have died in three days in the worm and the kid, this whole thing. So sometimes the book of Jonah is sort of viewed as this litmus test for whether or not you truly believe the Bible. You know, whether or not you truly believe in the inerrancy of Scripture. And I don't know whether you believe in inerrancy or not. But you sort of see that sometimes Jonah becomes this battleground between Bible critics and, the, you know, quote-unquote, Bible-believing Christians, that sort of a thing. So, um, Martin Luther, by the way, himself, believed that the book was non-historical. There are ways, of course. Lots of people believe that the, the book of Jonah is a parable, an allegory, a legend, right? That's That's sort of how Martin Luther viewed it. Other scholars have viewed it that way as well. And look, I frankly, I don't have any problems with that. My personal view is that it is historical, that the events described in this book did actually happen. We'll be talking about some of that down the road, but I don't think that that is really the point. I think that that teaching or using the Book of Jonah that way, frankly, misses the entire point. So um, we just need to be careful about using the the Book of Jonah that way. All right. So so those so those are sort of the two main ways that people teach and read and understand Jonah, right? It's it's uh, one way. God wants you to go to unreached people groups so there can be a revival. The other way, do you really believe the Bible? Well, let's see by quizzing you on how you understand Jonah. If you read the book of Jonah in either one of those ways, and there's other ways, of course, but if you read it in one of those two common ways, you're really missing the entire point of this story. Like any good story, especially biblical stories, you can't destroy it by missing the point of the text. And that's what I hope to do in our study of Jonah. By the way, I'm not really getting into Jonah today. This is just an introduction to Jonah. If if you, you haven't figured that out already, we're going to pick up with Jonah 1.1 in the next episode next week. But um, for now, just uh, since this is introduction, what is the story of Jonah all about, right? If it's not about God's missionary, sending missionaries to foreign countries, and it's not about evidence for biblical inerrancy, something like that, then what is Jonah all about? (laughs) Well, guess what? Since Jonah is such a great story, I am not going to ruin it for you. (laughs) I'm not going to give away spoilers here in the introduction. That would ruin it, right? You sit down to watch a movie, you don't want to know the ending we got the Super Bowl coming up here in in the United States here in, let's see, today is Wednesday, so three or four days. Uh, You don't want to know who wins. If you're a big Super Bowl football NFL fan, you don't want to know who wins. That ruins it. Same way with reading stories in the Bible. There is an amazing ending to the story of Jonah, which most people miss and ignore and and neglect, overlook. Uh, I don't want to ruin the ending to the book of Jonah by giving it away to you right here in the introduction to our study who are learning through the book of Jonah. Okay, But I can give you a few clues. First of all, Jonah, very humorous. There's lots of humor in the story. And the humor is, is, um, you just think about it. Jonah doesn't want to go to Nineveh because they're so disobedient. And so what does he do? (laughs) He disobeys. (laughs) Uh, Here we have one man's attempt to disobey God so that he doesn't have to interact with people who are disobeying God. Uh, Very, very ironic. Very much like our own lives sometimes. Um, the book has a lot of themes which oof, are very appropriate for what's going on around the world right now. Not just here in the United States, but in many European countries, North American countries as well. Like uh, nationalism, prejudice, uh, self-righteousness, right? Right uh there's all sorts of those themes these issues are occurring right now i don't care whether you love trump or hate trump you you definitely probably have an opinion about him and what he is doing in the world today and guess what jonah no matter what your view is jonah has something to say to you the book of jonah does so we'll be looking at some of that as we go through go through it i would say that probably the main theme And I'm not giving away the ending of the story here. But one of the main themes, main issues, main questions even of this book uh, relates to the character and nature of God. A big question in the book of Jonah is, what is God like? All right? And we have that question too. In fact, for many of the books of the Bible, that is a main question. If you remember in our early studies of Genesis, it was the main question uh, for Genesis chapter 1. The Israelites coming out of bondage in Egypt and all of the gods of Egypt that they had become familiar with. Moses was now leading them to Mount Sinai, through the Red Sea, right? Up to Canaan eventually, hopefully. Didn't work out quite the way they planned. But uh, the main question they have as they were coming out is, okay, Moses, you're leading us to worship this God. What's he like? Tell us what he's like. And so uh, to help answer that, one of this is one of the reasons Moses wrote Genesis 1. Same thing here in Jonah. The big question everybody's asking is, what is God like? And the book of Jonah helps explain that to us and to all readers, all right? Now, having said that, there's great tension in the book, all right? In some ways, God is portrayed as sort of this violent deity who hurls storms on people and ruins people's lives. Is that what God is like? Hmm. Well, the book of Jonah will tell us. Uh, in other ways, Jonah—I'm sorry—God in the book of Jonah is sort of portrayed as a deity who plays games with humans, right? Uh, he brings terror and a near-death experience on these poor sailors, right? Well, while, while the guilty party Jonah is is asleep below deck, uh, he sends this plant to give shade to Jonah, and then he turns around and sends a worm to kill the plant. <laughs> And and then God has the audacity when Jonah gets annoyed and upset at this, why are you annoyed? Well, you 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 ruined my plan, God. Anyway, if you've ever been perplexed at the behavior of God, if you ever have felt that God's toying with you, playing games with you, that you're just like some pawn on the chess piece, chessboard of life and God is moving you around with some game you can't understand. Look, the the story of Jonah is going to help you as well. So, this is a big theme in Jonah, what is God like? How does He behave? How does He treat humans? And uh, we we will answer some of those, or the story of Jonah will answer some of those as we go along, especially as we get to the end of the book. So uh, it, it's critically critically important. Do uh, we understand this as well? And you know the reason this is so such an important theme in Jonah and really in the rest of Scripture is because. Whether we realize it or not, we become like the God we serve. Did you know that? You become like the God you believe in. It's why, it's, why theology, why our view of God is so critically important. It's also why I spend so much time on this podcast trying to explain to you what God is like, that God looks like Jesus. Uh, Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So if we want to know what God is like, we can do no better than look to Jesus. When you understand Jesus and what he is like, then we understand what God is like, right? So so this is why this whole theme, what is God like? What is his nature? What is his character? That is such an important and central question in the Bible and so many books of the Bible like like Jonah here as well, and like like Genesis 1, all right? If we believe that, that God acts like Zeus, right, this Greek God hurling lightning and storms and thunder, you know, on people who anger him. Well, guess what? We're going to see no problems with hurling bombs and shooting people because they disobey disobey God. You know, become our enemies. Our enemies are God's enemies and God, you know, sends storms and hurricanes and floods and famines on his enemies. Therefore, he can use us to send bombs and fire and killing on our enemies. You see how that works? We become like the God we worship. Whereas if we... If we believe that God looks like Jesus, forgiving his enemies, loving his enemies, right? Then also we will seek to do those sorts of things in our own life. Love our enemies, forgive our enemies, that sort of a thing. So that's that's what we're going to be looking at in the story of Jonah. It's like many other books in the Old Testament. Job, for example, this is a big theme in Job, big theme in Genesis, big theme everywhere really throughout the entire Bible. And if you remember the last study, which I did at the end of the year, is we did a survey of the book of Revelation, that was a big theme in Revelation. What is God like? And John, interesting name, John, Jonah. Um, John says, you know, the the, the the he's in heaven. Behold, the line of the tribe of Judah. That's what people thought. And when he looks, he saw a lamb. Hmm. Very similar to some of the themes we're going to see in the story of Jonah. And uh, in Jonah, we, we see God through Jonah's eyes. And we see the journey that God takes Jonah on as God seeks to unveil, to reveal himself to Jonah, to the sailors, to the Ninevites, and ultimately even to you and me book. It's going to be an exciting book. It's a, it's a wonderful story all on its own, but then the theological insight and the theological truth that this book contains is some of the best in the entire Old Testament. That's why I'm going to uh, teach it to you, and I hope you join me for this study. We're uh, going to pick up next week in Jonah one one. This, as I said, was just a brief introduction to the book, and uh, it's an exciting journey. I hope you join us. In, in Jonah one one, I think you will be surprised by what you learn. And we're going to let Jonah tell the story as it is written, right? We're, we're not going to get caught up in the details about what kind of fish it was that swallowed Jonah, how he survived three days in the belly, right, of the whale, the fish. Keep calling it whale. It's a fish, not a whale. <laughs> uh, the story is humorous, ironic, and beautifully breathtaking in its revelation of God and its expose of the human heart. So I hope you join us in this coming months as we take a verse-by-verse look through this important little book. Speaking of books, look, if you want to be notified when my new book comes out, Nothing But the Blood of Jesus, uh, or if you want to join my online discipleship group, just go to redeeminggod.com register. The uh, first sort of group there, the faith group, uh, that's the free group. You'll be notified of the book when it comes out if you join that group. Uh, You also get a free online course there, Skeleton Church, and some lessons to my other courses, a bunch of other benefits. But the hope and love discipleship levels, uh, one's a monthly payment, low monthly payment, one's a yearly payment that allows you to save even more. And those give you all of my courses for free, all the ones that are there, the two that are there, plus this third one that I hope to publish here in uh, just a month or two. So anyway, I can't wait to see you online there in the discipleship group. And make sure you join me next week when we dive into the first verse of the book of Jonah. See you then.